Welcome to Get Your Shift Together, hosted by Michelle Ferrari. As an executive and leadership coach, Michelle's mission is to support you on your leadership journey, whether you lead a team of 5,000 or are seeking to improve your own self-leadership. Michelle's approach is to guide you in understanding the impact of your choices and actions and help you shift those choices and actions to align with your goals. Michelle's humor and expertise will leave you wanting more. I hope you're ready to jump in because it's time to get your shift together. So today we really wanted to focus on transparency and leadership. Uh, this is an amazing topic because transparency gets into trust. It gets into effectiveness. It drives the, the top line and bottom line. And so I guess, you know, what when you're talking about transparent leadership and leaders, why should they even have this consideration throughout their day? Oh, okay. Um, this is probably one where you're going to have to like, tell me to shut up. Mm-hmm. This, I think about this all the time, but during a recent uh, one-on-one coaching call, I was having a discussion uh, with a very senior woman and we were talking about employee compensation. And the old, old, old school thinking of you can't talk to anybody about your compensation. It's private. It's between you and the organization. And there are so many people that are still trying to enforce a non-enforceable rule. Like, get it through your head. Your teams are going to talk to each other about compensation. (laughs) And so if you're saying to one of your team members, don't talk about this, you're probably trying to cover something up. And that's the problem that needs to be fixed, not the problem talking about it. It's, it's just we, when we lead from a place of secrecy, when we, right? So I'm, that's my um, antonym. When we lead from a place of secrecy, that in my opinion is fear-based leadership. And that is not going to work out for you in the long haul. It's this short-term gain long-term loss when you don't lead from transparency. I I didn't know we were going to go straight into the salary, Uh, but but that's a great point. I know one of the, it's, it's actually a sore spot for many people that I speak to and yeah, it's, it's, you know, I don't really know where to go with that right off. Like I know there's this small agency and I just interviewed the guy on it's not a straight line, Matt Logue, where he they're very transparent about the salary in their job description. And he spoke about how he's done it both ways from his, his former agency where he was COO. And he really believes it's on the company because they know their budgets, they know the market values and they know the targets they're looking for from people. Um, yeah, it's not, I, look, I, I don't, I always, there's a little voice in my head going right now saying, careful, Michelle, don't, don't go off on a tangent mm-hmm. because obviously there are nuances to this. But if you 
believe in people. If you behave in a way that you trust them, that will be reciprocated back to you. If you lead with uh, you lead your team with secrecy, what you're in essence saying is, I do not trust you with small issues or complicated issues. And then you're setting up secrecy as part of your culture. So I'm not saying publish everybody's name and everybody's salary. Although interestingly enough, at the government level, that's what we do, right? The sunshine list. Here that's are right. all the people that make $100,000 or more. And if you want to get rid of discrepancies in salary, if you want to get rid of diversity issues, if you if you want to truly break through the glass ceiling for women, let's start to get more transparent on salaries. But salaries are only one small part of the issue, but it's an old culture. I'm sorry to say this. It's a patriarchal, patriarchal culture of don't tell people the truth. And my perspective is if you believe someone's worthy of a, of a great salary, give them that salary. If you believe someone is not worthy of a great salary, give them the information that will help them transform into being somebody who's worthy of a great salary. And I think that kind of loyalty that you gain from transparency will do way more for you and your organization than the crazy, crazy things happening in salary negotiations right now. The reason people are leaving for 20% more and 30% more is because, not because money is the be all and end all, but in the absence of anything else to measure my success on, to measure my loyalty on, I'm gonna to go to the obvious one. Give them something else to add to the metric list. I'm on a rant, aren't I, Jordan? I'm on a rant. No, I, I you know what, I, I, I like it. It's something that's been on the top of my mind and I, I don't know where I wanna take that salary one right now. I, I do know one of the top four accounting or, or consulting firms just released all of the levels for different different um whether you're an associate a, a managing partner you know i also know my buddy was over here a few weeks ago and and we were talking about salary with a few people and he's like well you can just go look me up because he's on the sunshine list and he's like you know but we were talking about it as friends that how us not speaking about it because for a long time you know, I'm in that mid 30, you know, year old range for a long time. We didn't speak about it, but it just hurts us. Yeah, not doing it. We've been taught to be really secret about so many things. Money, finances, mm -hmm. all of that stuff is, is just one of the things that we've been taught to be secret about. If I'm talking to my clients and, and as you know, I typically coach very senior people and I ask them what their salary range is, it's hilarious. I have never had one person just very calmly tell me what their salary range is. They all go, um, okay, what do you think I'm gonna do with that information? Like, I, <laughs> like the things that a client has talked to me about, right? I mean, like we talk about really intimate, let's call it things. Hmm. And then we come to that salary question and it's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm 
because we're we're not supposed to. And and I think we just need to throw out any rule book on the not supposed to. There's a I, I think in my mind's eye, there's a rule book called the not supposed to's. And I would like every leader just to take that book and burn it or rip it up and then say, okay, I'm going to lead from intentionality and I'm going to lead from transparency and watch your loyalty, you know, triple. Watch your culture blossom. Watch your organization win. Because when we engage in building a trusting relationship, which requires transparency. Incredible things are happen. It will happen. And in that's true in organizations, that's true in relationships, right? Like it's amazing. And so, you know, I want to know what are the other areas of transparency outside of a salary and money. But before we go to that, there's <laughs> something you said that's really interesting, the not supposed to. Uh, have you heard of Lily Singh? Do you know who she mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She did an amazing TED talk recently. Everyone should go check it out. She spoke about, you know, her, her career on YouTube and then having the late night show and just the resources she got as a, you know, as basically a female late night show host. And she had very small resources, but it's an incredible TED talk, but she was on a podcast with Jay Shetty, who she's friends with. Yeah. And she goes into all of these meetings where people are like, hey, Lily, you're not supposed to do that. Or let's not think about it like that. Or that'll never work. And she's like, excuse me, I'm on YouTube with a mustache on my face playing my father, who's of Indian descent. And I built a whole career on not supposed to. So don't tell me we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> like her, her entire brand is not supposed to. Exactly. Like it's, yeah, I, it's just, and in corporate culture, we have an incredible rule book. And I think that the rule book is often deployed from the perspective of secrecy and, and self, self-protection. That's the word I was looking for. Uh-huh. And 100%. I think, right. And when you have to protect yourself, I I want you to stop and say, okay, hang on a second. What, what is it that I think I'm protecting myself from now? Look at, I don't think everybody can handle all of the information all of the time. I think there, for instance, I think there are certain government things that the average Joe doesn't shouldn't weigh in on like I my opinion on war and how we support the Ukraine or don't support the Ukraine or right my my knowledge of that is headline driven my opinion's not relevant but that if I want people to tell me that you don't know enough to weigh in on this discussion or there are certain things that I'm not going to disclose because there are too many ins and outs and too many variables and it will be confusing for people and it will detract from what we're actually trying to do. And as the head of your organization, please trust me to make some of these decisions. So be transparent about your non-disclosure. That's right. 
Like, right? Like I always go to, if you're sitting on an airplane, which we're coming back to, and the delays, which are getting worse, and you sit on an airplane and no one tells you why you're sitting on the airplane, right? So you can be there for two hours. It's not unusual anymore to be kept on an aircraft for two or three hours. Like I, I hear about it all the time. And if no one's making any announcements, what happens? Well, you think of your own story. Exactly. And then what happens to your mood? Decreases. Annoyed, Annoyed. right? right? Annoyed, angered, frustrated. Tell me what's going on. Well, we can't actually unload the baggage because the unions have a rule that they can't go out at a certain temperature because we don't want them to get hypothermia. Well, tell people that. Mm-hmm. So the reason you're waiting two and a half hours for your bags is because there are rules about this. And the rules were put in place because of this. If we're, let's just talk to people. So in corporations, I think one of the things that we're really, maybe that should have been the title of what we're talking about here. The lack What's of that? trust. In, the, the lack, lack of, of trust. And yeah. And transparency is one of the paths to rebuilding trust. And I think one of the issues that people are having in leadership right now, and I don't care whether it's government or, or corporate or charitable, is we have severely damaged trust with our constituents. Because we spin stories, we keep information away from people in order to serve our own purposes. And I think the minute you start doing that, you break the trust relationship. And then we wonder why you lose somebody for a 20% increase in salary. You didn't, you didn't lose them because of the 20% increase in salary. You lost them because they couldn't come up with a good reason to stay. Uh-huh, for sure. Right? And trust is one of the tenants of a solid relationship and let's be clear you're in relationship with your teens just like you're in relationship with your children just like you're in relationship with your spouse and trust is a tenant of human interaction so what are you as a leader doing to support that and what are the what are the other things in terms of trust in, in transparency? Because there is a line, right? You you mentioned it. You mentioned you can't share everything, right? But you can provide context, as you mentioned, around a lot yeah. of things. So, you know, how how does a leader and the funny thing is the protection of like, okay, I'm the only one with information. That was you know, a way of doing things and a way of protecting yourself in a senior role, I think. And now that's changed because everyone has a lot of access to information, except, you know, corporations are, are private about some things. But where is that line of, of how leaders should be transparent without? And I, I think you said the line is really around if the information is not going to help, not going to add something, going to cause more fear and anxiety. Um, maybe that, that is the line, but the other thing that just came to mind is, you know, we're pretty good at on handling 
bad news. It's just we don't like uncertainty, I think. We don't like uncertainty, although I don't know. Our, I would say our elasticity with uncertainty has certainly gotten stronger in recent <laughs> years. Um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's a definable line, Jordan. I do think that there are questions that you need to ask yourself. So why do I not want to share this information? Mm-hmm. What is my fear in getting this information out? And if it's not about the greater good, if it's not about um, causing more damage, if it stems from lack, then I think you have a bigger problem in transparency, isn't it? And I, you know, I can think of a, I can think of a few issues. I, one of the, one of the most incredible moments of my career and I've had quite a few but one of the most incredible moments of my career was during 9-11 and you know it was it was I was in the travel industry so it was it was a tremendously difficult time as I that sounds ridiculous but for us and our business and I we my executive team we were off site at, at a meeting and um, I said to the president, look, we need to get back. Like we need to, we need to be there and be hands-on. And I remember as I was figuring out a plan about what to do, I was in charge of client services at the time. I knew that I just had to speak really clearly and directly to people. So because there was so much uncertainty about what was actually going on in those first few hours, I knew that we needed to send most of our people home because we didn't know what was going on, but that I also needed to maintain a skeleton staff because we didn't know where some of our clients were, right? We were, and, and lots of uh, information um, had been shut down. And so I was really clear with people who were basically volunteering to stay. I understand why you want to go home. Here's what I need. And if you want to stand with me in this, and if you're, if, if you have the space mentally, emotionally, physically to support what we need to do here, then I would deeply appreciate that. And if you need to go home, you need to go home. Mm-hmm. It was just the clarity of information so that people could make the choices that they needed to make. Who am I to make choices for people? Right? Yeah. And we get into this, we, we think that our titles define our, our power over decision-making for people. And I think if you can't trust people in your organization with certain types of information, then you have no business having them in your employ. Yes, I, I agree. Now, when you, that, that is a very good example. And did you only have employees within Canada or were they globally at the time? Well, my uh, responsibility was um, Canadian Mm -hmm. and um, we had people all across the country. And, you know, what was interesting, because there was so much chatter and, and guessing about um, what was happening in New York City and then whether it was going to happen in major centers as well. So there was at the time, I don't um, know if you remember this, but big chatter started about Toronto being a target as well. 
which is why we were really concerned um, about sending people home. We had a center in Ottawa. Obviously, that was, we thought, potentially a target. And it was amazing when we gave people all of the information that they needed, how they chose to show up. And that's, I guess, why I'm such an advocate for honesty and transparency. When you are transparent and kind and, and see the potentiality in people, see the best in people, I have never failed to be overwhelmed by how people will choose to show up. When you treat them as small, when you treat them as not trustworthy, they will show up in the way that you're treating them. It's, look, I'm oversimplifying, obviously, human dynamics here. But the, the greater birth that you give people to show up as the, their best selves, mm -hmm. the more they do. Obviously, with some disappointments. But the disappointments of one or two people does not justify me treating 100% of people in the same way. And I think that's often how we get to policies and decisions, right? We had 100 people. One of them let us down. So now let's make rules to make sure that that one person never lets us down. Yeah, I, there's so many examples of that that uh, can drive you nuts. Right. And I agree. If you open up, you will have, you know, there's another thing I'm thinking of. This isn't even, you know, business or leadership based, but in the condo I used to live in, one person was um, letting people up through the second floor. It was, it was a second floor. One person was letting people up through the ground floor to their unit. Okay. And I don't know, I guess there was one time he was doing something, something shady, but their decision was to just close off that entrance of the condo to everybody instead of, of handling the one person. And instead of, you know, making sure that one person was, uh, you know, held accountable for what they were doing. And it's almost like you shut, you shut down the whole highway for one person, but I love what you said around people or leaders who aren't as transparent, feeling like they can make decisions almost for other people. And it really just becomes infuriating for people working under their employee. Um, and even like, I mean, there's, you ask sort of what are the other topics? There's, there's so many. Um, compensation is one of them. COVID mm -hmm. is another one or COVID protocols. Why are we making the policies that we're making? And if you as a leader are not 100% sure, if you're like, look, my gut tells me that we need to get back together as a team. There's something that I, I look at us and I think we're, we're missing something as a team. Say that. But, but it's people aren't explaining and being sincere and honest in why they're making the decisions that they're making. And when you don't, treat people with trust and respect, your people will not treat you with trust and respect. Because that's now you've changed the equation of the relationship. That That's true. Yeah. It's a two way street, right? You know, who who spoke um, so eloquently about this? Trevor Noah. Okay. Yeah. I love Trevor and he, Noah. Right, I know. He's just like, um, he had, he talked about social contracts right yes and right do you remember that yes was it around the black lives matter like the whole movement the with, whole movement and it was with a george floyd incident. 
I think so. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Right. And yes. he talked about we've engaged in this, this contract. And when someone breaks the contract, then the other person is no longer beholden to that contract, even if you think you can justify it. Because if you think you can justify it, then own that. That's the accountability piece that you spoke about, right? It's this hold people accountable. And when they don't show up in the way that you anticipate, then own that as well and call that out. So whether it's, you know, somebody getting a promotion, why did this person over that person get a promotion? Well, here's what we took into consideration. Yes, he has more experience than her, but there were a few factors that went into this. Here's what she brings to the table that other people didn't. Here's what we saw in her that other people, we didn't see in other people. Own it. Here's why. And not those, you know, the, the sound bites that we often give out, like real authentic information to people. That's, we need, we've lost the plot line on authentic communication. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of times where, you know, you might have people at a certain level and you don't want to move one up because then you feel the other people might get, you know, jealous or upset. But as you said, if you can clearly communicate with metrics or data or qualitative research or qualitative answers of why you made that decision, um, people should be, you know, should be okay with that. Or at least now they know. Now they know. And then you give them the chance to show up or not show up. There's a, there's a story. I can't remember if I've told this one. It's not good when you're on episode 19 and you're thinking to yourself, am I getting repetitive? Um, a CEO friend of mine, very good friend of mine. Um, he had worked with a gentleman and the gentleman really hit a bad patch, really, really bad patch. And everything in his life was falling apart. So he lost his job. He lost his marriage on and on and on. So he was, he was down in the dumps and they met for breakfast. And this friend of mine said, you know, I've got some connections. I, you know, I run companies. I surely to goodness, I can, I can help this guy. So he makes a couple of phone calls and he, ends up getting this gentleman a job. And then a couple of months later, he's talking to um, his friend, his old colleague, how's it going? Well, I got let go. Why'd you get let go? Well, last in, first out. The company hit some stuff and and so um, it was cost-saving measure and they let me go. And my friend um, thought, oh, that's kind of weird. Like there was just something about that that didn't sit well. And he called uh, the woman who had given his friend the job. And the woman said, yes, we did have to let him go. He was just such a downer. <laughs> like he was like Eeyore, like, mm, mm, mm. like, you know, cup not half empty, cup almost empty all the time. And just was leading with his, sadness and depression and and um trouble and and that just didn't fit in with their culture and so they let him go and instead of telling him the truth they just said 
we've hit some financial stuff. So first and last out, our apologies. So now you have this man who's, who's had a lot of bad things happen to him. And now we've also said, I'm not going to give him the information that he needs to know that he needs to turn his life around. I'm going to withhold that from him. So he has no opportunity to choose whether to shift, to seek help, nothing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to blame it on finances. What, what, like, can we not? And then, and then my friend called me and, and said, I found this out and it's really awful. And I said, well, you know what you need to do now. And he said, what? And I said, well, you need to meet him again and, and tell him the truth. And he said, well, that's not, that's not my responsibility. I don't, yes, it is. We have to take a stand for each other and give each other the information so that we can make decisions. Do you want me to help you get a therapist? This is like your mood is impacting your ability to hold a job. What do you want to do about that? How do you feel about that? How can I support you versus pretending it's not happening? So this man now is missing a critical piece of information to turn his life around. That's, that's the kind of transparency that we, we've got to obliterate. Like, let's yeah. show up for each other. What a world we'd live in if people just gave each other the information to make changes. So it wasn't even that the friend of the person was lying as to why he lost the job. It was he wasn't given the reason. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. What's uh, Michelle, what what's a practice leaders can take this week to, you know, focus on being more transparent and more trustworthy? Is it is it just what we just said? Is it giving people the information? in a clear that, way to make decisions? Well, I think about when we think about transparency, let's do a leadership audit. Let's talk about it from that perspective. So if you're a leader and I don't care if you're leading yourself or if you're leading a team of one or a team of, of 500, do a leadership audit. Where am I in my communication not being transparent? That's the... That's the lead question. So let's just get, where am I not being transparent? And you can do this with self-leadership. You know, I'm a big proponent of self-leadership. Yes. Where am I not telling myself the truth? Where am I not being transparent? And then you want to say to yourself, what am I afraid of that the truth will reveal? And for leaders who don't like the word afraid, because that can make some people squirrely, you can say, what am I concerned about with sharing the truth, with being more transparent? So now, where am I not being transparent? What am I concerned about? For those people who are you know, more self-aware. And then where can I take a step? One small step, not a giant leap for mankind. One small step in being more authentic in my communication. And if it gives you a stomach ache, if it gives you a heart palpitation, if it makes you break a sweat, that's probably your area. <laughs> so one, two, three. That's one, two, great. Three. I love that. And, uh, you know, great topic. I think we can really build on this one, but it is about, you know, trust. And I think it can, can lead to an inc more incredible world. And you have to be honest with yourself about what you're concerned about. 
you know, I love that, that self-leadership part you threw in there. Cause it's very, very important. Yeah, I, it, it is. And what just hit me as you were repeating that back is if I am trying to control people's behavior with the withholding of information, that is a huge red flag. I'm going to, that's worthy of repeating. If I am trying to control people's behavior with the withholding of information, that is a huge red flag. That's true in your personal relationships. It's true in your client relationships. It's true in your team relationships. Yeah. If you're right. Yeah. See, that makes me, that makes that's me. incredible excited all right well let's leave it on that exciting point there and we will be back soon with another episode of get your shift together thanks michelle thanks jordan as always thank you very much thank you thanks for tuning in and be sure to follow get your shift together on spotify subscribe on apple podcasts and visit michelleferrari.org to learn more. This has been Jordan Harding with Michelle Ferrari reminding you to get your shift together. Join us next time.